Blog Talk Radio. Okay, do I have to tell you at the beginning of the show? Recruiting animal here on January January 21, 2015. And you know what? I think my uh, introductions used to be a little more controversial, a little more, uh, I don't know, dramatic. But these days I'm telling you what I'm reading. Jerry, be quiet, okay? You'll be on, okay? I'll give you your time. Anyway, this past week I was reading an article by Dan Pink, the famous... Dan Pink, not Dan Green, Dan Pink. And it was about who makes the best salespeople, introverts or extroverts. And that's a topic like astrology. Everybody always wants to talk about it. It's kind of meaningless most of the time, but he adds a little extra meaning. That's why I want to tell you about it. Most people think extroverts are the best salespeople because they like being with people and they know how to strike up conversations and they're not afraid to ask for things. They're very straightforward. And there's these scholars, these professors, who have shown that hiring managers look for extroversion. Extroversion. That's not a sexual perversion when they hire salespeople. However, these same scholars have also shown that sales people who are extroverts, they don't do any better than introverts in real life. In the field, they're no better than those introverts. In 35 studies of 4,000 salespeople, they found the correlation between extroversion and sales performance was almost zero. I was afraid to use a big word like correlation. That's why I'm going it over now. The correlation, the relationship between extroversion and sales performance is zero. Adam, he writes for the New York Times, and he's a professor, and he's faved. He's favorited my stuff on Twitter. He gave a bunch of sales reps a very common personality test that measures how introverted or how extroverted you are, then uh, that's on a scale, I should add, of one to seven. One is you're extremely introverted. Seven, you're extremely extroverted, like Jerry, okay? Mm -hmm. And then he tracked their performance over the next three months. The introverts, these are numbers, so you have to focus. It's not too hard. Don't worry, kids. The introverts earned an average of $120 per hour. The extroverts earned an average of $125 per hour. Those are almost the same, okay? 120, 125. And the people who did best though were the people in the middle of the scale, the ones right between 1 and 7. You don't want to know why? Cuz they're not quiet, but they're not loud. They know how to assert themselves, but they're not Pushy. In the 1920s, some people gave this kind of person a name. They called him an ambivert. Now, that just reminds me of a frog, so I would not use that term. But that's what Adam Grant used, and he said those guys earned uh, an average of $155 an hour. Now, remember, the introverts earned 120 The extroverts, 125 These ambiverts earned 155 And the salespeople who did best of all, earning $208 per hour on average. They had a score of four out of seven. They were right in the middle of the introversion, extroversion scale. Yeah, how do you like that? The people who did the worst, they were at either extreme. And here's the problem the extroverts talk too much, they don't listen. And they also care too much whether you like them or not. They won't want to tell you bad things. And the introverts, some of them are too shy. They don't want to deliver bad news. They can't close a deal because they can't ask for what they want. But the people in the middle, they're flexible. They know how to talk, and they know when to be quiet as well. They know when to push, and they know when to hold off. The moral of the story is moderation, just like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Remember that? You know, there's so much wisdom 
in those old fairy tales, you can <laughs> you can base your life on them, and you can draw Goldilocks as much as you want, and you're never going to get killed for doing it, right? And we won't kill you either if you disagree with us on Jerry. Jerry, what show is this? The Recruiting Animal You're welcome. That was a that was a really great lead into the show. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes very I lively. Could, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it was a little long, okay. But sometimes I think you could make a religion out of fairy tales. You got your chicken little, your little red hen, the three little pigs, the Pied Piper, the Emperor's new clothes. What oh, more sure do you could. need to guide you? What more do you need to guide you? Okay. I like it. And you can draw Mother Goose as much as you want. I don't know anybody who's going to come after you to kill you for that, okay? Are you thinking about starting a religion? or? No, but I don't know. I don't want anyone to hurt me. I'm not ridiculing your religion, okay? I just think this would be another religion in a diverse culture we can, you know, the Mother Goose religion. I've often thought about that. Yeah. I've often thought about that. Anyway, okay, I have to warn everybody about something. A past guest of this show, Brenda Christensen, who's called Brenda Christ on Twitter, by the way, she wow. told me that this guy, her friend, Daniel Buckspan, would be a great guest. So I just booked him on her say-so. But when I started pre- preparing for the show, I found out that he's not a recruiter. He doesn't know anything about recruiting. What? He's a journalist. Yeah, and he wrote the Heavy Metal Encyclopedia and the New Wave Encyclopedia, and he's contributed to books about ACDC, Aerosmith, oh. Iron Maiden, uh, Rush, and Metallica. And, and uh, Oh, that's you know, cool. Rock yeah. and roll! Okay, based on, I haven't opened anybody's mics yet. Yeah, he, might, gets a, he gets an automatic score of 80 coming out of the gate with just that. Uh, I, I don't know, okay. But based on my experience, Travis, you guys don't like shows that aren't about recruiting. So I was just going to let people know, if you don't like shows that aren't about recruiting, you can leave right now. Or if you like to just express a lot of hate in the after show, you know, go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to point out, it is the recruiting animal show, right? Yeah. Get on a real phone, would you? You don't call people with this phone, do you? The new modern wave, okay, Jerry? Our guest, yeah, our yeah, guest, yeah, the guest doesn't have a real phone either, okay? Yeah, what? He's got a toy phone too. Okay. Oh anyway, I just want to finish off that intro. I heard Lori Rudiman yesterday on the Drive Through HR show, and she said that an HR entertainer can get in a rut, and that's what we are, HR entertainers. So William Pinkup <laughs> said. William Taylor, you have to keep reinventing yourself just like Madonna. She's all about the beginner's mind, you know, like a virgin for the very first time. You got to be new. You got to be new. So let me introduce, (laughs) without any further ado, Daniel Buckspan. Are you here? Hello, hello. hello? Did you say something? Yeah, I am here. I'm here. How about a little louder? Okay, is he loud enough, Jerry? Not really. uh, so you want me to just, like, start talking booming the phone, into the phone? Okay? Uh, I am talking into the phone. I'm yeah, a reserved kind of a phone. guy. You know what? This guy interviews a lot of people. It's not like he just works at a at a typewriter by himself. No way. He's talking to people all the time on that crappy phone. Actually, yes. interviewers aren't talking to people all the time. They're listening to people That's all the right. time. See the difference? Right. We're listening, and we're furiously pounding away at our keyboards, making sure that we get every last thing that the person has to say so we can incriminate them, and they call later after the article publishes and ask for their quotes to be changed. You should tape tape the call. You should tape the call. They should tape tape the call. Okay. Look, okay, first of all, who is this guy, Daniel Buckspan? Yeah, he kept the Polish spelling of his name. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why. B U K. S Z or Z like you say S Z P A N B U K S Z P A N. If you want people to have trouble with your name, there you go. Spell it like I'm the guy. Bush, I'm the guy. Okay. 
hails from Brooklyn, New York, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, really, uh, you know, we might think you're from Warsaw or Radom or uh, where does Tevye come from? Yehupitz? Come on! You should or, change or the spelling Krakow of your name. Or... Hey, anyway. no, I will never change the spelling of my name. Uh, I don't want to make it easier for anybody. I want everyone to really uh, devote a lot of their personal time to learning how to spell it. Yeah. And, you know, once, once they've earned their way to it, then I'll talk to them. Come on, come on. Look, you, you know what? She said you were funny. Uh, Brenda said you were funny. You're not making Brenda me laugh. Brenda a lot of things. Yeah, I bet, bet she does. Okay, and she likes the go videos, too. Okay, look, you wrote a book about Aerosmith or contributed to one, so we're going to sing yes. uh, the chorus from an Aerosmith song. And you used to be a singer in a rock band, am I right? That is correct. You were a professional musician, yes? Yes. Okay, you didn't make a big living at it, but you were doing it. So was Jerry, by the way. He was a singer in a rock band, but he just uh, learned how to make Yeah, a rock better. on, brother. He got yeah, a better yeah. job. So I didn't change sing. the spelling of my name either. You got to say right true, you know. No, right your on. ancestors did, Jerry. Your ancestors did, yeah. Jerry. Yes, uh, they did. Okay. So here, we're going to sing, to get going, the uh, little chorus from Crying. Do you know that? I'm aware of this song. So you're ready? You're good. You're not too afraid to sing, are you? You used to be a professional singer. Uh, I only do it for money. Uh, you know what? You came to this show as a guest. Don't snub me when you're here, okay? I don't like people who do that. We've got guests who come on the show and say, I'm not talking. You're not going to do that with me, okay? It was I'll my understanding to... that there would be no singing on uh, this You show. didn't even read the instructions for the show. Let's just get going. I'm going to count to three I and we'll go. I called okay. the phone number, right? We're doing the verse or the chorus here, Animal? Just the chorus, okay? One, two, three. I was crying when I met you. I only hear myself. Yeah, Daniel. that's right. Now I'm trying, trying to, forget to forget you. Oh, you know, love, it's sweet misery. Come on. I was you crying got, just to get you. you Jerry, I'm dying. <laughs> just to I let you do what you do. What do. You do. Down on Go me. Go down on me. Thank you, dear. Okay. So tell us who you are, Daniel, in 30 seconds, please. Uh, I'm a writer. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, for the last five years, I was writing for CNBC.com. Uh, I have three books. Two of them are about music, uh, the Encyclopedia of Heavy Metal and the Encyclopedia of New Wave. Uh, I am awesome. I am extremely handsome. And uh, someone should be just sending me money, uh, yeah, really okay. just you for know. being alive. <laughs> hey, I got your picture up there. Come on. Don't BS us. Now, Daniel, you say for the last five years, I was writing yeah. for CNBC. Well, yeah, did you is, choose that, that word a- strategically? No, they they broke up with me in November. You were fired. I was fired, yes. You were fired? Tell us about that. Fired, Fired, laid off, downsized, right-sized, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I no longer work for them, and that was was their decision. Okay. So, yeah. explain it. Do you want to say anything disparaging about them? Uh, A a form that I signed uh, legally precludes me from saying anything disparaging about them. Okay. Otherwise, okay, you would. Is that it? Is that what we're to understand okay, here? Okay. Listen, let me introduce I'm not, the guy. I'm not okay? at okay, hold on. Hold all on. Right. Hold on. First of all, go back to your LinkedIn profile and put in your new job. Okay. Don't be dumb. Okay. You got. You're still at CNBC, as far as that's concerned. I'll just tell the people some of the other articles you've written for CNBC: mm. the ten most hated jobs, the ten easy, high-paying jobs, or something mm. like that. Jobs for loners. Cool jobs you've never heard of. Useless degrees that get awesome jobs. Family business disasters. Nine criminals who came back. Uh, like Martha Stewart. Um, uh, office bad words. Okay, Librarians are not loners. Here's a guy who wrote an article about librarians. And uh, he used to go out with one. And then all the librarians attacked him online. With two. Oh, with two. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So the thing is, though, you've done some guerrilla job hunting. I want you to tell the people how you got your job as a writer at CNBC. Uh, I basically got a position there because I knew somebody. So we have nepotism right there. Which is mm, the love thing. it. It's the only way to go. Sweet, sweet nepotism. It, was it a family yeah. member? 
Was it a family no, it was member? Not a family was it member. crony? It was, was it cronyism? There's a difference. It was a crony. Yeah, it was crony nepotism. Uh, and I was hired to work on a project uh, about a content management system. And pretty much the second I got there, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I simply started showing up at meetings uh, where they needed writers and simply presented myself as a writer. And when you work in a large enough corporation, uh, people don't really question you. And if you say you're a writer, they simply accept that. And it was many, many, many months before anybody realized what had happened. Uh, but they must have liked what I did because no one seemed to mind. And well, so I was right at the time. How did you know about these meetings? How did you know where to go? I knew somebody. That's all okay. I'm going to say. Okay. And then how many people would be in a meeting like that, that you could sort of just sneak in? Uh, it was, these were very small meetings. There were sometimes just three or four people. And they uh, let you, they didn't say, what they are you doing here, yeah. Bozo? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would just simply contribute an idea. Uh, they would let me write it, and uh, it would just go up. This was in the CNBC business? This is at CNBC? You just slip into these meetings, and you just volunteer to do some of these things? And, and I then hear that. They, that's, they paid that's you, right? You, you were paid? Yes. That's yes. how Al Sharpton got his job there. He just kind of showed up. Yeah. Sat behind a desk. Oh, you're, no, no, no. You're thinking of MSNBC. The, oh, yeah, the right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. CNBC is the stock market one. The Reverend Al The Al Reverend Al Sharpton. Yeah, I, I do not work with the Reverend Al Sharpton. I have never worked with him. Rachel okay, let's Maddow, leave Al Sharpton. I just made a joke. Well, you didn't have to follow it up. Okay, so it's possible. You know, there was an article in the paper today about this teenager who worked as an OBYGN at a hospital for the last month. He just mm-hmm. got caught. He would walk around with a stethoscope on a uniform, you know, a hospital scrubs, and then a, a stethoscope around his neck and a mask across his face. And uh, right. I don't know if he actually did anything to anybody, but when he got caught, he was in a, a, a room with another doctor doing an examination. And since it's an OBYGN, that's a gynecologist, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yes, kind it is. it's kind of personal, but you did the same thing. You think that's a good way to go about doing things. Am I right? It, it worked for me at the time in that specific situation. I don't know that I would recommend it that, you know, that people should just start performing hysterectomies uh, you know, without you know being board certified or that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, they they accepted me. And I will also say that if you walk around with a clipboard, people will let you into rooms without even knowing who you are. Simply having this the is clipboard. Social engineering. Yeah, yes. you're right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Simply okay, having the know- clipboard gains access. This guy was a little different. He was a proven writer already. You were contributing to what, Guitar Player magazine and, and those right, books yeah. about the, the rock and roll stuff, right? Yeah, I, I okay. could write. I, I was able to write. You could deliver. Uh, you could yes, deliver. I could. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this guy that you're talking about, I don't know what his uh, – I don't know if, if he had like, you know, a lot of medical background or okay. anything. Okay, no, 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 but his mother said the kid's got a, a, a illness and he's off his meds. That's the problem. Okay, oh. anyway, uh, okay, so – you wrote an article about professions people hate, right? Yes. And people hate people hate recruiters. But I found out by reading your article that these guys make a lot of money. They couldn't give a hoot that people hate them. It's really we're always writing seeing articles about people hate us recruiters because of this. We shouldn't do this anymore. And these people that you wrote about, they don't give a hoot that anybody hates them because they're rolling in dough. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, I think in the same article, there was a lawyer who defends drunk drivers. And yeah. just the amount of abuse that you can take on a daily basis. For, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but we have the legal right to be uh, represented in this country, no matter what you do. Uh, you can be a werewolf and you still get a lawyer. Um, and he made a very good living at it uh, because he was practicing in Massachusetts where, you know, I don't want to you know, make too, you know, I don't want to allege anything, you know, too horrible, but there are a lot of drunks in that state. So, mm. uh, you he, saying he this mostly the drunk man. Irish? Uh, hey, I'm watch not going it. You that. know, you're giving, you know, he could say something bad about Massachusetts, but don't say anything about Irish people on this show. Okay, Jared? I, I was just, I was wondering if that's what he was. Uh, I didn't all the get drunk it. People, all the drunk people in the state of Massachusetts, that's a coincidence. I'm okay. not going to 
say anything further. Than okay, that. okay, but all right, all right, give, all okay. Here's some of the other people, P- uh, public relations people. Everybody knows they're hacks. They don't believe anything. They'll do whatever you you know someone wants them to, no matter what kind of criminal the person is. So people hate them, but they make money. Yes. People yes. hate used car dealers, right? But the guy you yes. spoke to was very, very successful, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, and they also people, people hate the job. They, they, the person working the job, still realizes that they're they're providing something that people need. So you know, uh, like a like a ticket scalper or something like that. They're still providing a service, and you have to go to them. There's nothing you can do about it. So I think a lot of the reason people hate the job is because they are basically forced by the nature of the market to patronize this individual. I think it really reflects that a lot more than, uh, you know, that they object morally to what they do or something like that. They just, they resent. You don't think the job, you don't think the job attracts a certain kind of person who has no scruples at all. No, I I wouldn't say that. Um, I mean, maybe at first glance it might seem that way. and, And I'm sure there are, some people who are complete sociopaths doing these jobs, you know. But, um, no, I, I think they're just recognizing where there's a need, and they're filling it. And okay. The fact that yeah, yeah, well let, me move, let me move their... on. Let me move on. Let me move on. So you're at Fortune Magazine now, right? Yes. Okay, we didn't mention that, just so everybody knows. And it is, on Twitter, he's Daniel. I'm going to assume you know how to spell Daniel. And then the last name, B-U-K-S-Z-P-A-N. Okay, Daniel Buckspan. Okay, now, uh, you know, these people, for instance, you also wrote an article about bad bosses. Uh, and so you, got, you spoke to a number of people who had bad bosses. How do you find these people? If you want to write an article, because I'm going to talk now about research, which is a bit related to what we do. So if you're trying to find someone who had a bad boss, how do you go about doing that? That was easy. That was very easy. Uh, there's one resource called helpareporterout.net. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, you're familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you can just send out a query, and if it's something like, have you ever had a bad boss, your mailbox will be absolutely flooded to capacity and unable to handle the level of correspondence that you get. Mm-hmm. And do you think you could use that for sourcing candidates? I just thought of it. I mean, I've known of that for years. Do you think you could put out an, uh, a thing? I'm writing a... I'm writing a, a blog posting about, you know, a Java developer, some of the kind of people that Jerry recruits, for instance. And then, you know, can you put me in touch with someone who might like to describe his, his you know, daily life? Uh, do you think you'd get recommendations? Uh, not on the level of uh, if you say that you're a reporter from a major news organization and you have a product or something that you want publicized. If you're looking for people to respond uh, you know, do a job opening or something like that. You'll you'll get people. No, no, no. You're you're making you're mistaking. You're tricking people. We're talking about social engineering a minute ago. You're you're writing for your own stinky little blog, right? Yes. But the real thing is, you want to talk to good people in the field. So you you're saying that your real intention is just to interview them when actually you're trying to meet them. So eventually you'll be able to place them. Do you follow me? Yes, I would not recommend that resource for that job. That would not be the right resource to use. I wonder. I think maybe you're you're wrong. Okay, Jerry, I've got uh, another video. The recruiter. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I've come up with a little quiz. Hold on a second. Let me, let me splash a little water on my face here. Okay. Okay, we still talking to this uh, guy from yeah, Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, look, we can talk about Metallica if you think it's more interesting. I'm going to tell you something, Daniel. I'm going to give you a little hint because it sounds like you haven't done that many radio interviews. But pep I've it up. I've never done one in my life. Just try to talk a little louder or, you know, like you're singing or, you know, you don't want to put people to sleep. You're already on a crappy phone, okay? Now, Lori okay. Rudiman, Lori Rudiman was on a crappy phone yesterday as well. Uh, but you're on a crappy phone. Just try to talk in an interesting way so my yeah, my audience stays awake to listen to you, okay? This if your audience advice. is not able to grasp the complexities of what I'm no, saying, no, no, you heard Jerry. You heard Jerry. He said he has to wake himself up so he talks also to me. Also not my problem. Also not my problem. But yes, it is because you volunteered to be a guest on this show, okay? Okay. So look. Jerry, I'm not going to talk. I'm down. You sit down for a second. I'm going to talk to everybody else in the show for a minute. Uh, he gave a, a lot of stories about bad bosses. And I want to know if you would recruit for these people. Like, would okay. you recruit? Would you recruit for a client who said, "I have very little tolerance 
for people who don't come in early and don't stay late. Yeah, I might. I might, sure. I mean, I, I, I need more information than that. I mean, all all of my clients are not eight to five exactly customers. There's a lot of people who do get to work early. They're called go-getters. They're called people on the way up. Okay. I, I, I That's a red flag for me. Anybody red else, flag. any other recruiters want to comment on that? Any other recruiters? No, nobody wants to comment. Okay. Thanks. Okay. I would worry. What about you heard from a contact that your client didn't let other women uh, work from home when they had sick kids, but she did it herself. (laughs) Have you heard from somebody in the industry that this is what your client does? Would you accept work from her? You're talking to me? Yeah. Well, you're the only one who's answering or I can force you to answer. I don't know. I'll accept work from anybody. Really? What's what's think, a, Oh yeah. Okay. What about if you Gosh. hear that you this what, manager? When, this when, manager, listen to me. The uh, manager is known for throwing things. Would you? No. Not, uh, no, you, probably you, not. Okay. So, so but, they uh, came how is that manager known for throwing things? I mean, who's telling you that? Somebody else, some other programmer, or whoever, whatever. I mean, I I knew a yeah, guy. Yeah, man. I knew a guy that's that's, that's a farce. What manager has ever thrown stuff? I knew a guy. Oh, well, no, I'm tired of you no, guys making didn't. up these fake scenarios and then asking and questions. Daniel would you? No, I wouldn't. Okay, what about this? He, he, The boss came into the person's room and said, uh, do you have that report done? She says, no, uh, I'm really busy. I haven't got to it yet. So the boss picked up everything from her inbox, threw it in the garbage, and said, now you have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> if, you heard that story, if you heard that story about that manager, would you would you take a job from her? <laughs> would you take a job from her? No. No. Anybody else want to comment? Daniel, these are real stories, right? Yes, they are. They absolutely okay. are. Let's let's ditch this line that you're going down here. I I, I want to know, Daniel. Do you know any famous rock stars? Let's get to what this guy might bring to the table. Okay. All right. Uh, not who are alive. Uh, the famous rock stars who I knew are not living anymore. But I knew them. Were you the one alive. that gave Mama Cass that tuna sandwich? It was a ham sandwich. wasn't <laughs> a ham sandwich. That's not true. <laughs> I, I was um, I was about I was five years old when she died. I'm killing myself. But anyway, yes. Yeah, it was amazing. So who are the dead rock stars that you know? Come on. He, uh, <laughs> Ronnie James Dio and Peter Steele. Ronnie oh, James yeah. Dio. You know who he is, right? No. He sang for Black Sabbath after Ozzy left. Uh-oh. And Peter Steele sang for this group called Typo Negative. The last in back- line. Yes, exactly. That's the guy. Who, um, who doesn't know who Ronnie James Dio is? Stupid Me. people. Me. I don't Ronnie like James Dio? Come on. Dio? He was yeah, alive at the time I seen him. Yeah, <laughs> he probably was. Uh, he was yeah. the greatest singer in the entire heavy metal genre. He was better than anybody. And uh, he even would perform like fantastically well when he was doubled over, crippled with pain mm. from stomach cancer, which is what actually killed him. Uh, he was an incredible, incredible performer and a great guy. He was also maybe five feet tall. Okay, maybe. so so that's your biggest connection with fame is uh, the uh, infirmed Ronnie James Dio. Yes, although I, uh, he was the time I knew him. Yeah, I met George Lantz. We need more than that. Uh, hey, so I had some of the Rolling George Stones Lantz. in my cab once. Big there deal. There you go. Okay. See. Yeah. Big How deal. You Okay, a maid who cleans up their hotel rooms, they also met them. Okay, look. Sorry, Animal, I thought that that topic might have some some, uh, meat to it. I was wrong. I'm not saying you were wrong to try out. I'll ask a similar question. How do you define new wave music since you wrote a book about it? 
New Wave music took a very long time to figure out exactly what we meant by that, but it's synthesizer-based pop music that's derived from punk. So it's punk that's been deeply, deeply sterilized uh, with synthesizers. I think you're it. wrong. What about the Knack? Hey, can, they weren't a can you, band. Can you take the uh, handkerchief off of your phone? This is not yeah. a... This is not deep throat here. It's okay if we if we hear you. Uh, this, this is the best I can do. I'm sorry. It's a little better. It's a little better. It's a little better. Yes. So the knack the knack wasn't new wave. My Sharona, that's not new wave. No, so I, I consider them new wave. Just if we have to really like nail down a definition that's extremely strict. The now, one you I don't know you what before. new wave you don't know what new new wave music is then. Okay, what about uh, Blondie? Blondie, uh, they're new wave. They're not punk. Blondie, I would put between new wave and punk because they started in punk. A lot of these bands that started in punk, Talking Heads, definitely new wave band, started in punk. In my humble opinion. Yeah. Okay. Who was the first new wave band in your opinion? Oh God. Uh, maybe Joy Division. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm right in that crowd of stuff. It's it's tough because, you know, punk blended slowly into new wave. It it wasn't like, okay, January 1st, 1980, at midnight, anything that happens from this point forward is new wave. You know, there's no hard set time when everything suddenly became new wave. It It was a slow... Okay, how do you write a book like that? How do you write decide? How do you write a book like that? Decide who to include and who to leave out and stuff like that. And how do you, you manage, in, you manage your? Go ahead. You get in very long arguments with the entire editorial team. Uh, sometimes forty-five minutes of which you spend arguing about Rick Springfield. Uh, does he belong in the book? Does Pat Benatar belong in the book? Uh, we narrowed it down to a list of about two hundred people, and it was all based on arguments. Uh, everyone has very strong opinions about this sort of thing. And there were people who were not included that people got very upset about and wanted to know, you know, how I had the nerve to write this book if I was not going to include Pat Benatar. But, you know, I considered her more rock than new wave. And if you listen to a song like Shadows of the Night, you must agree. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, what should we talk about now? Since Jerry doesn't want to talk about bad bosses, and you know, you also wrote. Okay, you wrote a book on Rush. I didn't write the whole book. I contributed three reviews to it. Martin Popoff, the famous Canadian author, wrote the book. One of the best just, bands in the history of the planet. Easily, easily. Right there. Yeah. Still. I I, I like every bit of trivia. Uh, that, that that they can come out with. I, I love Rick it all. Rick do you have okay, a question I, I, for this wait, guy? Greg, hold on. Greg Darian, Greg, do you have a question trivia. for this guy? Go ahead. Wait, go wait, who's going to get into some Rush trivia? Yeah. Okay. Dugarian can hold on. What year did John Rutsey die? Who's John Rutsey? He was the original drummer before uh, Neil Peart was uh-huh. uh, brought in for the second album. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know when he died. He, he may have committed suicide right about the time Rush got huge in Cleveland with Working Man. That's when I would have pulled the plug. Would you like the answer? Love it. 2003, and he died of complications relating to diabetes. Boy, this is something. Well, I'll tell you, Getty Lee went to the high school, two two high schools away from me. There was my my school, then Fleming, uh, you know, my school, then McKenzie, rather, and then Northview. He went to Northview. Okay. Mm. So. Well, you must uh, you must really like him because he's he's a Polish guy who changed his last name to make the spelling easier for people. Yeah, you know what? I'm not a Rush fan. Okay, I saw him in line once at a movie, but that's about the closest I've come. Uh, uh, Okay. You're not a Rush fan? No, I don't like tragic. Yeah, okay. okay look, that, this, that, you know, that shows what a limited mind you have. What a tiny, tiny little Canadian brain you have there. Well, what a okay. bad Canadian you are. You're not even a good Canadian. If you don't like yeah. Rush, you're not good. And what do you listen to? I'm not a hockey wine? fan. I'm not a hockey fan. Chilliwack. Okay. What are you doing? I'm not a, yeah, you know what? I, I I went to see Chilliwack once. Okay. Oh, now, I love uh, a Chilliwack reference. Okay, so go, you know go, what? We've got a lot of smart people on the line. You know, we got a lot of smart people on the line. Okay, we're listening on Twitter. We got a lot of smart people here. Okay. No, gonna, we don't. 
Greg Dugarian, Michael Cox, okay. Alan Hansen, maybe Blake Greg Dugarian. Okay. Maybe. Well, somebody, I don't know. There's Daryl Disco, Casey Kugler. Does anybody have a good question for this guy? He's a journalist. So we all want to know stuff about how journalisms live. Okay, Greg, but I thought you would write it on Twitter for me. I didn't say you were on the line, okay? I've got a question for Greg Dugarian. What's that? Is he working on a software package for companies like me? Let's say you got 20, 30, 40 contract employees. I want to open up my payroll and billing system. I want to punch in the fact that Getty Lee worked 80 hours, and that's it. His payroll needs to be done. His invoice needs to be done and sent. All of it needs to happen. I'm tired of this crap. Okay, well, maybe he'll give you a call. He'll give you a call. Oh, and it has to be free. Okay, yeah. Okay. He might not Okay. Okay, you know what? When you write an article, Daniel, Daniel, when you you write an article like CEOs who went from rags to riches, is that a controversial topic? Because if they went from rags to riches, doesn't that mean anybody could do it? Uh, No, uh, stuff like that never really generated a lot of controversy. It's a pretty vanilla subject because it's just very positive and yay and isn't that fantastic? You know, there's there's no uh, there's nothing to upset people there. If we do things about CEOs who went bankrupt, then there's a lot of controversy. Uh, Do they usually go bankrupt because of some series of crimes that uh, they've committed? Not usually, uh, but that's more because they have good enough lawyers that they won't be convicted for those crimes. Their lawyers will usually get them to plead to a lesser charge and throw someone else at a much lower level under the bus for it. That's what I plan to do. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, you should. It doesn't work that well for them. They end up doing 80 hours of community service instead. Uh Uh-huh. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz grew up in a housing project. Lloyd Blankfein, chairman and CEO of Goldman Sachs, uh, was raised in a Brooklyn housing project. Are these real housing projects or are they co-ops or something like that? Are you hiding something? Like Lloyd Blankfein, what, did he go to Harvard? How how did he go from this humble background to Harvard? How did Howard Schultz go from a humble background to, you know, head of one of the biggest companies in the world. What is it about those guys that gives them the power? Uh, I think that they're just really aggressive alpha types. And uh, you you could start them from any background, like, you know, a very well-off background to just total poverty. And they would still end up where they are today uh, because they're just not stoppable. You you cannot stop them uh, from, you cannot deter them from getting to where they are. Um, I think that that's how a lot of people get ahead. They simply elbow their way in and muscle their way in. And even if they don't deserve it, uh, they're so aggressive in pursuing their goals that they get there. Uh, You can achieve a lot on pure belligerent uh, bullying. And I think that that's how a lot of them got there. Really? What about this Ursula Burns? She's uh, a black woman. She's the CEO of uh, Xerox. She was born uh, in New York and raised in a housing project by a single mother. How did Mm -hmm. she get to the position she's in today? It would be unpopular of me to say that she did it any way other than that she earned it. Okay, even if you said that affirmative action was an issue uh, or quotas or something like that, it would still be an unbelievable accomplishment to me. No, it's, it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, to me, and anybody becoming the CEO of Xerox is a big deal. You know, I mean, it's whoever you are, that's a big deal. Um, okay, but very you little didn't, you is, didn't, is hold on a second. That. You didn't grow up in a housing project, right? No, I did not. Okay, you didn't have a single mother, or did you? Uh, no, my parents uh, just celebrated 51 years of marriage. Okay, how come you're not, how come you're a struggling writer, you're not the boss of Xerox? Because I smoke too much pot. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else, uh, Daniel, that well, we should talk about? How much is too much? How much <laughs> is too much? Uh, too, well, <laughs> too much to become the CEO of Xerox. Definitely. Okay. 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 Just want, I just wonder. I just didn't know. I don't okay. know. How when would you I want to talk? When you want to talk to people, like, I don't know if you've talked to her or any of these famous people, how do you get in touch with people? 
Uh, unfortunately, at that level, people who are CEOs will not talk to you. They don't care who you are, uh, unless it's for TV. They will only speak to, you know, like the sort of A-level uh, TV personality. Katie Couric, uh, let's say. Exactly. Yeah, Matt Lauer, those kinds of people. Skinny uh, Al Roker. Yes, exactly. They won't. Skinny Al Sharpton. You never know. Mm. Uh, not me. <laughs> they will not. They will not speak to. Uh, oh. Maybe if my, you spelled my, your name differently, if you spelled your name a little differently, they might. Okay. So that's all it is. If yeah, I just so change I, my name, then they'll want to talk to me. Okay. So I'm. I got a question. I, side question. How did you feel about the Beastie Boys "No Sleep Till Brooklyn"? Did I mean was uh, that I, like a I theme song for you guys? Or I mean, I did what? not live in Brooklyn at the time, so I did oh. not have an opinion. However, so it drew you to Brooklyn, even a stronger. Oh, yeah. Wow, well, that's so quite a reaction. Of, the part of Brooklyn that they're from is the like extremely upper class, uh, three point five million dollar houses mm. part of Brooklyn. So te- it's a technically accurate song because they would go to Brooklyn, but it was not. You know, they're trying to make it sound like it was a, you know the housing project or whatever, and they didn't. Mm. They were nothing like that at all. Okay, and that's what I was. I was wondering if you called a housing project something that really was. Yeah, like the ones in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, the ones that Howard Schultz uh, that he lived in that was called subsidized housing. That was a little different from a housing project, and it was yeah. just for any sort of low income person. Uh, things changed a lot here during the 1980s, and that's when housing projects became synonymous with crack house okay. and huge mm-hmm. crime rate and that sort of thing. So it's it's different. Okay, so let me they, let me move let me let me let me move let me move on. I didn't say this, but one of his other topics that we haven't discussed, and I don't know if we should discuss on this show, is fringe sexual practices. Did you write a book on that or something? No, I'm just highly knowledge fringe sexual practices, just for fun, okay. you know. Okay. I've never been paid. Okay, okay, we'll put that to the side for a second. I have oh, a, a different question. So you rely primarily. You're not curious, you're not curious about the king's nah, ankle. You, you don't know, want to know I, about the It's a family ankle. show. It's a family show. I just wanted to you mention. You don't want to it, know okay? what a Mexican avalanche is. No, I don't want to know. Not on That's, this show. Uh, you can get, you, an Alabama yeah. hot pocket. You have no, no interest oh, in learning what an Alabama. A what? An Alabama hot, hot pocket. Alabama hot pocket. Go to Urban. No, yeah, what is that? that? What is that? I don't Come on, know. Jerry. We got to know. UrbanDictionary.com. Look it up. Alabama right. hot okay. pocket. Okay. Well, you can throw out some names if you let people look up the meaning someplace else. Yes. I'm. What I'm simply guiding them to resources. That's all. Okay. I'm. I'm a study aid. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. So, are you relying? Pri- no, see, I want to know how to get through to people. Are do you rely primarily on your brand, like CNBC or Fortune magazine? Yes. Yeah. You hit okay. that hard. And, it, and you're saying it's only the little people who are going to get thrilled by that. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So uh, you the, mean even even the big brand names aren't that powerful. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, they're power, they're powerful they're powerful enough. Uh, but past a certain point, they don't care who you are. You know, you could you could be anybody. Uh, but if you don't have several personal assistants and pe- if you're not a household name, they don't want to talk to you. Okay, but but what about like VP level people? Uh, no, same thing. Okay, they kick everything down. They kick everything down to the like publicity departments and that sort of thing. They have people okay. to handle all that. Someone's a blogger. Do you have any tips for bloggers on how to uh, write? An interesting yeah, man. Stop. Stop. That would be okay. that would be my advice. All the yeah. blogs are hard. I knew you weren't written. gonna I knew you weren't gonna say anything worthwhile, okay? Okay. Do you have anything else that you'd like to tell us? Uh not that would really be in keeping with the theme of this show, it seems so, like. Well there is no theme, can't you tell? We're talking about uh, Blondie, okay? That's true. And <laughs> We're talking and about some, some dead dead rocker <laughs> who I never heard of before. Blondie is the most attractive female artist in the history of the planet. What a yeah, beautiful, sexy woman. Pretty much. I, I would yeah. say that. She was, she was my first crush yeah, uh, when I was fantastic. about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I would molest my my poster of her that I had. Oh, let's, let's, let's not count. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody want to Again, talk we're going, about we're going on? Off there's, there's people. Look, there's some people still with us. Believe it or not. Anybody want to talk about something? Uh, you know, we don't have to talk about one of uh, our friend specialties. Is there something any somebody would like to talk about who's still on the line? Travis, you got anything up your sleeve? 
Erico five Rush finally got inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2013. Are you talking to customers on this line, Travis? <laughs> not currently, Jerry. No, not right now. Dude, I could. Animal, what is it with these people? I don't know. It makes no know. sense to me that you would use anything that. You, ah. <sighs> My goodness, I'm just disgusted by it. Can yeah. you hear me? Okay. Can you hear what I'm saying, everybody? Yeah. Great. Can you hear me yeah. clearly? Can you Jerry, not hear me best? clearly? No, I can't hear you clearly. You sound like you're talking through a toilet paper tube. I hear him clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the show. You didn't mention it earlier, so same phone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are the cool jobs we've never heard of? Let's go through some of your articles. What are the cool jobs we've never heard of? You can be a professional mermaid at water parks. Uh, if they have a, if they have like a submerged pool uh, mm-hmm. that you can look into from the bar, someone will just go swim in front of it back and forth as a mermaid. That's a job. They'd love me doing that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I totally encourage you, if that's your dream, to go be a mermaid at a water park. You should totally what do else? that. What else? Uh, that's the only one that comes to mind at the moment. That was the best one. <laughs> All right, hey, everybody, I got to go. I got to take off. It's quarter till one. Uh, Travis, will you do the after show? You know how to do it. You can have There's it. There's no after show. There's almost There's no, no after show. I got to go. This has been great. Um, I don't know. I'll know. talk with Daniel. I'll talk with Daniel a little more, Jerry. I told you. Yeah, you I, I got to go. You guys are all Bye-bye. fantastic. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Okay, Talks Daniel, off. you would. Yeah, you and I are going to talk just a little more, okay? So okay. how did should you find out? Brenda? Pardon, pardon me? Should, should we talk about Brenda? No, 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 no. <laughs> she seems very nice. I like her. Okay. I love so, Brenda. I, I would throw myself in front of a bus for Brenda. Uh-huh, really? That's I mean, hyperbole. Okay. So how did you find out about the mermaid? So what did you do to, to, to get that information? Uh, it took a lot of Googling. And eventually, if you Google deep enough, you'll find some really stupid stuff that you can't believe is a job. Uh, I think another thing in that feature uh, was a water park slide designer. Um, uh-huh. You know, I mean, really, someone who does something like that probably has an engineering degree. And, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there are mainstream paths to that sort of thing. But to, you know, parlay it into something that very few people do. I mean, there, there must be, what, like 20 uh water slide designers in the world. Okay, 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 yeah. Okay, you don't have to carry it too far. What about jobs for loners? What are they? Uh, Well, (laughs) for example, librarians. Uh, Uh For people who who are not gregarious, don't want to work with other people, and like to be left alone uh, to just do their job. We need these people, by the way. They're very important. Programmers, I think that was on your list, right? Yeah, but I found out since then there's a lot of Asperger's uh, with programmers. So that's a lot of why they're loners. It's not just the nature of the work. Uh, it's the nature of the employee a lot of the time. Oh, okay. Well, you, we're talking about the the work for people who, you know, have a certain nature. I mean, it is about the employee. Okay, what about the easy, high-paying jobs? You've got a, a list of those as well. What are your favorites there? Uh, golf caddy was a good one. Uh, golf course drink girl, that was a good one. Anything dealing with golfers, basically, because golfing is a disease will always come back no matter how you treat them. Uh, so if you get their drink wrong or drop the golf bag on their foot or whatever, it's, forget it. They'll, they need you, and they must have you, and they'll have you come back no matter what. Okay, maybe a full, you know, one of these elite caddies for the top guys, maybe that's a good job. I was a caddy when I was a, a young teenager. It didn't pay I'm very sorry. well. No, it pays horribly. But um, yeah, you, well, when you're, yeah, when you're easy. Easy, high-paying jobs. If you're a no, pretty girl you're, you're at a, a golf club to, serving drinks, if yeah. If you're a caddy you to make... Phil Mickelson, that's, that's a high-paying job, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, what are the 10 most hated jobs? What do you remember from that? Uh, the 10 most hated jobs, I think one of them was cleaning sewers, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, especially uh-huh. cleaning sewers in third-world countries uh, uh-huh. where they don't give, they don't give you, um, like, scuba gear or anything. You just walk down there maybe get some rubber gloves and just start start scrubbing while yeah. the you know all the uh you know personal bodily waste of all the citizens of Rio de Janeiro is floating by you. Mhm. I, I that's a hated job. <laughs> I you know uh, by mm-hmm. 
anybody performing it, I would say. Okay. Now, you wrote also an article about family business disasters. I really liked one of the stories. Maybe it was the first one. The father of a plumbing business sold the business to his son for a million bucks, and then he he opened the same kind of business in the same town uh, under the same name. Is that right? With the same name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he must he must hate his son. That's the only reason I could think of that someone would do that. Um, although what the what the person told me, um, who you know, kind of knew these people, uh, was that the father just hadn't saved for retirement, and he was you know he's getting on in years and had to do something to get some you know some kind of big. Uh, why didn't of money. he work for, Why so, didn't he work for his son? I don't I don't understand. Uh, because that's humiliating. Okay. He okay. can behave in an unconscionable manner and do something horrible to his son, but to uh-huh. accept a paycheck from his son is humiliating. Okay. These business criminals, you said certain nine financial criminals who bounced back. So yeah. Martha Stewart, her crime wasn't that serious. I, she went to prison, but you yeah. know she got a tip on a stock, and then she didn't wasn't straightforward when the police asked her about it. That was her crime. It wasn't very serious. Uh, what about the other guys? Were there any serious crimes? Uh, it depends what your threshold for serious is. I think you know what Edwin Edwards did. I think was pretty serious. What's that? Uh, the abs. The abs. Uh, he was the former governor of Louisiana, who became governor four times. And one time he ran against David Duke. Uh, that's sort of, that's what he's famous for. And when that campaign was going on, people would put on their bump on their bumpers these bumper stickers that said "Vote for the crook." It's important. So he was already he was already pretty well known as a guy with not you know not the best uh, sense of morality, huh. uh, but they considered him better than David Duke. So that was that's how he got elected a third time. Okay, but are there people like who you know regular people who? screw up in their jobs, go to jail, can they get back to the same same line of business? I don't think anybody would invest with uh, Madoff. No, um, not like these people can. These, these people are known quantity already. And what uh-huh. they did was, I mean, like you're saying, what they did was, you know, enough for them to get put away, but not so much that, uh, that they couldn't live it down once they get out. Like what happened with Martha Stewart, I would argue, when she got out of prison, had no effect on her whatsoever. Like nothing happened um, for like for an average schmuck like you or me, we're going to prison for much longer for one thing because we can't afford the lawyers uh, to make good deals like that. And all, and, what, and when we get out, we don't have this thing of like, oh, it's Martha Stewart. Yeah, she's fine. You know, come come back. The house is just the way you left it. It's uh-huh. not like that. You know, you and I, uh-huh. you and I would uh, not fare well. And, although I mean, someone would probably make the argument that in prison I would be a bitch. I don't like currency. I don't like that term. Yeah. Okay, these two librarians who went out with I don't want to I don't think anybody knows we're talking about them, but they all the the people on the librarians on that blog that I read they said you don't know anything about librarians they're not loners they're not antisocial, but you're saying they were and you know from personal experience how much fun could you have with those girls I mean were they quiet all the time or. Or what? Uh, so they were very awkward, uh, not very socially outgoing people. Um, their sexual practices, however, wow, there you go. So once okay. they're out of the library, then uh, you know, then then and, that's when the how did you meet them really if they're so quiet? How did you meet them if you were were they at a, a concert that you were giving and girls throw themselves at the at the lead singer? Is is that what are we talking about here? I'm set up by friends. It was nepotism. Beautiful nepotism. You, you don't know the meaning of nepotism, okay? It's your family when your brother does something, hires you in his business, or your dad. That's nepotism, okay? okay I mean, let's, let's well, I think, I think when you have when you have friends, look it up, okay? Nepot- Go to Google. No, I, think, like, I know when what you, nepotism when you have is, friends I'm... arrange everything in your life for you. That's not nepotism. Technically, you are correct. That's not nepotism, but uh, the level of helplessness that that you're displaying. By having their friends figure out everything for you, they might as well be family. Yeah, but a guy like you who could go into a well, you had a friend help you apparently, but who could go into yes. a room and fake it—that's someone with initiative, if you ask me. It's not someone with no courage. So you don't seem like that kind of person. The way you're describing yourself. How did you go out and get your gigs when you were a musician? Uh, you just relentlessly call and call and call and call until they give you a gig. 
you did it yourself. Yeah. You were, the leader. you were the yeah. leader of the band. And so, yeah, what was, was your? I was the leader of the band. I wrote all the music. I booked the tours. I put out the records. I did everything what myself. Was call? What was your cold call? Uh, my cold call was, uh, I'm in a band that's going to be in San Francisco over these couple of days while we're on tour. Uh, we need a gig to fill out that date. You didn't tell them what kind of music it was or anything like that, or you would only no, you call. Just, you tell them what they're going to do. That's what I. That's what I learned. If you're like at all, if you ask, like, can we play there? They'll say no to you. If you tell them we're going to be there, give us a date on this day, they will give you a date. That's what I learned, and that translates to a lot of things in life too. If you just tell people what they're going to do, they simply do it. This is a very interesting thing that I yeah, and it translates to a lot of things. That's that's how I got in at CNBC. That's how I became a writer. Was I simply told them I'm a writer, and they went okay. If I think if I had gone into these meetings and and asked if I could be a writer, they would have said no. Do you have any other examples you could give us? I mean, uh, other times when I've simply announced you're coming with me, like <laughs> like that kind of thing. Uh, it's how I met my wife. Uh, it's actually how I've met several women in the past. Uh, it's how I got bandmates. It's pretty much how I've done a lot of the things in my life that I accomplish. You simply tell people what they're going to do. People want to be told what to do. No, give me, uh, how did you, met, well, you you're so good, you're going to be in my band. Is that what you said to the guy? Uh, you're, you should be in my band, yes. Oh, You'll you be should great. be. This will be great. This, yeah. You can't, you can't say to them, you are in my band. It works a little differently with musicians and artistic types. Uh, uh-huh. Because when you tell them what they're going to do, they buckle. They just cave. Yeah. Um, you you have to make it seem a little more like it's their decision, but not okay, that much. Finesse it. Okay. And so with your wife, you did the same thing. You know, you're you're so great. You should be my wife. <laughs> uh, I simply showed up at her door and basically like absconded with her, and we're married and have a child. Yeah, I know, but that's not – you didn't answer the question. What did you say? We're talking about you're telling people what to do, and, and now you're showing us that you have to you know, use a little finesse so that you're not bossy. You don't come across as bossy. You, you're telling them that something's fantastic. They want to do – they're going to want to do this because it's so great. Uh, so is, what words did you use on Mrs. Buckspan? Uh, in that case, uh, I had been sort of uh, enamored with her at college, and I simply showed up at her dorm room. She did not know me. I showed up at her dorm room wearing a black trench coat and a gas mask, and I said, you're coming with me, and she did. The rest is history. Okay, wow. On that note, who's still here? Travis, do you have something to say before we go? No. Okay, Travis is the winner of the sexiest uh, male voice for the last (laughs) few years on the Recruiting Animal Show. It used to be work farts. Um, who celebrated his 10th anniversary. Congratulations, Work Farce. He doesn't listen to the show, but he's a funny guy. Anything else you'd like to tell us? You know what? If it would have been just you and me talking and me not worrying about the the group, I, I'm sure we would have had a good conversation. I'll bet you the show isn't that bad after all. If someone was just driving around, wanted to listen to something kind of fun, I'll bet the show is listenable, even though at times we wondered what we were going to talk about. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing, Daniel Buckspan. Save string. Is that it? That's okay. it. Okay. Thank you! Alright, so 18 years in the industry, started with what a family industry? firm, uh, recruiting industry. Oh, there you have it. Started Jerry, wake up. Firm. You recommended this guy. Go ahead. I yeah. mentioned it offhand when I was in a drunken stupor. Don't ask Jerry for advice after 5 p.m. Okay, go oh ahead, Brian. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you guys, I have to say, no banning on this show. Nobody's that bad. Uh, and you know Here's what? the deal. Here's guess. the deal. The dude is full of negative energy. And I'm just saying I simply don't. My The after show is not about negativity. It's not you know about. Gary, Gary if yeah. you open your eyes, you'd see he talks to you just like you talk to me. It's constantly animal is an idiot. Everything he says is nonsense. I no, used to like the no, show, no. but now it's nothing. Yeah. I don't kick you off. Hey. I don't kick you off the show, and Gary, you're, you're not going to kick him off, okay? 
Hey, I just don't need it. If if he man, is man, ready man, to man. say that he's done with it, then I, I embrace his participation. So Amy okay. Beth is a good communicator. Where does whiskey does fit in with recharging? He does. Does that make me an introvert? Manager. That doesn't make her an extrovert. Yes, Jerry. Charges by Jerry. If you drink alone, then you're an introvert. <laughs> what What if I drink alone, but I call a lot of people all night long because I want to talk to somebody? <laughs> then you're an extrovert. You're an extrovert. Well, you're okay. Then you're an alcoholic, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't think that being able to look at something from all angles means that you need to then stay open to all perspectives on something. So some of these things just plain don't, don't work. Don't like, like the thing about clout. Yeah, Innovative clout people should check work. it out. Yeah. I think people that are smart enough to realize how stupid that is and how irrelevant it really is, that's your forward-thinking person, not the sheep that floor all this stuff. Empire Avenue, remember that big craze four or five months oh, ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shelly, Kathy Manis, you were all over. I remember that, off. Kathy? I got off of it. I know. It, Kathy, it? Kathy fessed up. She said right away, hey, you're right, Ryan. it's crap. It is so. crap. Yep. It is. Though I do There's wonder what my stock what? is I've up to, but I'd be pretty high. <laughs> 